trusted and proven, pushing the limits on every shot. We never fear failure. Join us as we set ourselves against the odds, bringing you cutting-edge voices in every industry. This is the Ironclad Podcast. All right, uh, so I'm excited today because we got Alex Martin in the house, good friend of mine, good friend of Ironclad. We've worked together on a ton of stuff. Founder and current brand director of Wilderness Culture. Uh, you have a loud voice in the industry, not in a not in a obnoxious way, but yeah. you you reach a lot of people. You've done a lot of things. We've done some cool stuff together. Um, and you know the 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 point of this podcast is to really shed light to listeners on people's stories, people's journey, and to really just kind of give inspiration. So we talked about it. You said, "What's it going to be about? What's it going to be about?" I just kind of want to take it from the top because yep. you're evolving every constantly. day anyway. Yeah. Constantly. I mean, you've been forced to evolve kind of by the nature of the industry. Yeah. I mean, digital, digital landscape is a constant shifting thing. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like it's thrown some people. It's, it's, it's hurt some people. Oh, absolutely. Like even big brands. Yeah. Big brands get hurt. By I, it. What I like about it is I don't ever want anyone to get hurt, obviously, but it excites me that. Yeah, if you're on the forefront, you're yeah. proactive and you know that, like you can you can capitalize like on that. Yeah. The fact that it does constantly shift. Yeah. And you but, can almost kind of direct it. Yeah. Like in some you can you ride the wave. Exactly. And yep. uh you know, it's a very unique time. A lot of people it's a you know, I, I think it's easier for smaller brands to shift because you're nimble, you don't yep. have as big of a wheel to turn. Um I mean, that's kind of our biggest problem because we're kind of looked at like the, the top and the, you know, kind of the directors. Yeah. So like everyone's eyeballs are on us. And so that's like a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like when you're, when you're doing a campaign, it's, you know, 2 million people, you know, every major brand and outdoor brand is watching what you're doing. It's like, you're like, all right, send it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's pressure for sure. What do you, uh. How does that how does that sit with you? Do you thrive in pressure? Does it kind of shut you down? Do you no. do you find a middle ground in it? What do you what do you, how do you, how do you, how do you handle that? I think it motivates me. If anything, like it'll it forces me to be on top of my game. Yeah, and like everybody that we work with, it forces them to be on the top of their game. So, I would say it motivates me. And this is it. It wasn't that it was overnight success because you've always worked hard, you've always done stuff, but yep. you were on the cusp of something. With social media, yeah, it was a wild brand. West. Yeah, back, back in 2013, it was the Wild West. It so, was, so, take us back. Let's, let's, how did how did this come to fruition? Because, and and first off, let's let's just break down what wilderness culture started as, yeah. and and um, how did it come to fruition? Yeah, we'll start there. So, it originally started as like a a personal page. Like, if you scrolled all the way back to the first photo, it's still I left one photo up that I took because I just thought that was like kind of like just like a remembering thing like that it was like originally my personal blog just going out doing stuff taking pictures going on hikes uh spend a lot of time in alberta my dad's from alberta um and then it kind of evolved that was back in the day when uh instagram was like those like crappy you know filters like just like terrible photos like that's what like when we started wilderness culture or when i started it that's what it was. It was just terrible filters, you know, not high resolution photos. There was no video back then, no stories. It was just the feed. And so what we did is I met, uh, or what me, Callum and Taylor did is we kind of got together. Callum is a, 
uh, for those that don't know, Callum is a big photographer. You met Callum, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a big photographer. And Taylor. And Taylor. Both are from Canada. Yeah. Um, so we got together and, like, uh, basically was just like, you know, let's just start posting these really sick photos. And then, so I started sharing their photos, uh, both of their photos. And then slowly more and more people kind of got into, like, our little circle. And then so it became more of, like, a community. So it went from being my personal page blog to like a community of photographers. And then from there we branched out to uh, just posting, you know, everyone's adventures and, you know, people that hashtag us. At the time there was no such thing as influencers, right? Like there was nothing that wasn't like that. a term. No, like, I mean, we were, we were at the top at like 5,000 followers in 2013. Yeah. And like when we hit 10 K, like that was like 10,000 followers. There was like, you know, outside of famous people, there wasn't really anybody uh, that had that kind of following. So 10,000 to 2 million is a big advance. And obviously there's a long road of building mm -hmm. that, but once the momentum started, it started. So yep. wh when did you realize, Hey, this can be something sustainable. This can be something that not only I can live off of, but I can define a game. Yeah. And so I think what I made the decision on doing to, to kind of make it into a business, uh, to make it sustainable, to actually grow it was I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted to be about the photographers we work with because I wanted brands to come to us and not say, hey, I want to work with just one person. That gave us the ability to scale. So we could a brand could come to us and say, you know, who who do you have underneath your company that's an awesome pre-vetted photographer that we can work with or influencer? Um, so that's what made it sustainable and actually turned it into a business as opposed to like, hey, I'm going to do all the work. I'm going to go travel. I'm going to do all the photos. It gave me the ability to kind of pick and choose and then bring really good content creators underneath. Um, so that's cool, man. I think one of the biggest things that I see and uh, what makes the influencer game not as sustainable as people only want it about them, yeah. you know, and uh, a lot of people join it for uh, self glory and to, to advance themselves, but don't think about long-term sustainability. And in fact, uh, you know, it's very rare that anyone can take a brand and make it bigger than themselves. Yeah. So you having the insight to do that from the beginning is, is something special. Yeah. Um, so at what point did you bring in brands and you started making it something that was, legit in the manner of we're bringing in revenue. Yeah. We have to study how the industry is moving. We have to study what the brands are needing. We yep. have to study the, the needs for content, yep. the engagement, all these types of things. Uh, it started with tourism boards. So it started with, um, so for people that don't know what tourism boards are, it's, it's basically like each state, each city, each country has, you know, their tourism board that controls like all the advertising for travel. So the, the, sole purpose of that tourism board is to get people to that area and like want to come there and spend money. And so tourism board started coming to us because it was this perfect, very organic form of marketing. Like, Hey, send a couple of photographers to say, um, Costa Rica. That was one of our first jobs and Costa Rica paid us to go there, create a bunch of content. And then we're just posting photos from Costa Rica. People didn't necessarily know that it was sponsored, but we're just doing fun stuff, surfing, hanging out in hammocks, you know, jumping into waterfalls. I actually wasn't there, but, you know, yep. our content creators. But, yeah, it was, I mean, that's how we started was with tourism boards. And then eventually it started getting to uh, brands. And we've kind of tried to stay away from more, like, sponsored posts. But we just try to keep it organic. Um, 
on the smaller scale, a lot of our influencers, they will do more sponsored stuff. But um, yeah, the, the it originally started with tourism boards and then branched out from there. Yeah, that's unique. And that's a unique niche too. There's not many people that know how to break into those. It kind of, it kind of is, uh, I know even the small amount of work we've done with them, it's, it's so much different than private sector, but it's different than government contract. It's somewhere in the middle. It yep. So it's a hard game to break into. Yep. But once you find it, you find it. Yeah. And uh, if you know the right, if you get to the right people, then it's a lot easier. And some foreign governments are not as fond of working with outside. No, um, they, they say that they're not, but they need it. Yeah. Like, uh, like some countries are weird about it. Like, I mean, dude, when we came into Canada with yeah. you, I didn't think we were going to be, well, I look back and you guys were gone. You guys got yanked, right? I didn't think I was like, well, we just flew out here and we're going to get turned around. Yeah. For, for people who don't realize you were, this was, this was like right in the thick of like content pumping out, pumping out, pumping out. That was 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And we went up there to do that piece with you. You're like, man, we work with them so much. It's low key. And you guys were used to just doing photography out there. So we brought in giant bags, pelicans, all these things. And, um, they pulled us and they yeah. put us in detainment and they were questioning us. It, there wasn't even anything to question us. We were yeah. literally like, we're here to film. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, I thought we were gonna have to turn around. Yeah. Well, I mean, they'll do that to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then when we were out there. I also thought we were going to get eaten by a bear. Yeah. That was, uh, you, you had a couple bear encounters out there. Yeah. I, that was probably one of the most like, just like frightening because that bear, I thought it was thunder. Yeah. It was right there. So yeah. we're walking down, where what what lake was that? Uh, Abraham Lake. And what what was the kayak company? Oryu Kayak. Yeah, we were doing the Oryu yeah. Kayak. We had one rental car, and we're walking down that trail, and we see like a it looked like a smothered fire, like it was still hot, and we're like, yeah. what the heck with it? You know, there was someone here, and you know, and yeah. then we like look, and we see like fresh bear spray that like was abandoned, Can, like yeah, yeah, and then Used we're like up. looking around. And then you're like, guys, I'm just going to go real quick and get this shot real quick on the kayak. Yeah, see ya. Yeah, and he's out on the kayak. You have the keys to the truck. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're like, Roar. we hear yeah. the bear roaring. And we're like, what the hell? And then I'm thinking, Alex well, is safe. Yeah, I'm out in the middle of the lake, like, and, hanging and, out. And we're sitting there. We can't even get in the truck. That was that was pretty, pretty yeah. freaky. A big grizzly could peel the top right off that. Oh, yeah. That Ford, you too. Know, bear, there, I don't know if there's any animals that are much more frightening than a bear. No, no. And they're fast. They're way fast. Yeah. I did see this video of a rhino attacking one of the tourist trucks. It flipped it over. That's crazy. So a rhino, but I, I think a bear, they're just very common. Uh, yeah. Cats are scary. Well, and up in cats. Alberta, they're just everywhere. Yeah. Like, because I recently just got into mountain biking and I'm like, because you're flying down trails and I'm like, my biggest fear is just coming around and like smacking into one. Dude. <laughs> that uh, Revenant scene where he's just getting mauled. Yeah. Yeah. It puts That's, it into perspective. Yeah. Crunching on his skull. That was real, apparently, real story. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That was shot in Alberta. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Alberta's I flew over the insane, set. man. Yeah, you flew over the set. Yeah, like like a private like no, tour. No helicopter. Like we flew over, like just like going out to the mountains, and Dude, they were randomly you've filming. Some cool, like <clears throat> one of the things that that you've been able to do is leverage your your platform to just do cool stuff. Too, yeah, like that. Yeah. What is the keys to being able to now it's way different it than is. what it was. Yeah, it's, it's way harder. It's way harder. So what would be like the it, keys to like, and this could be across the board, right? Cause you've done business in a lot of different things even yeah. before this, but like what are some of the keys takeaways for someone who's trying to manifest 
their passion. Yeah. And ultimately it has to be too many people are like so far overboard on the artist side that like, I'm, I'm so pure to this and they never create anything sustainable. Yeah. Or they say, I'm just chasing the dollar and they never create pat. They never yeah. chase their passion. I think so, if you're, if you're in that, like if you can't do both, then you need to find someone that you can partner with. And you know, if you're the creative and they're the business person, like partner with them. Yeah. Like that's like, in my opinion, like number one, I mean, it is so different now. It's so hard to grow social media. Like right now it's, it's like pay to play. Like, yeah. I mean, you know that. Yeah. Like back, back in even like when you guys were, you know, growing really fast, like, you know, 2015, 2016, that was still like very organic. Yeah. Um, it's different now. Yeah. Why is it different? It's saturation. Yeah. One is, I was just going to say one is oversaturation. That's a big one. Um, two would be, uh, the fact that, uh, Facebook is now monetized or Instagram is now monetizing back. Like when we started, there wasn't even sponsored posts on Instagram. Right. And it so, was all, it was all, what do they call it? Linear or what, what, what do they call it? When you, t when you post it, everyone sees it in order that. Yeah. Posted. Yeah. There was like basically like no algorithm. Like yeah. that was back when you could like, what really helped us is the uh, popular page. Yeah. So before it was explore page, like now it's, you know, Instagram's just showing you the stuff that they think that you want to see. Well, yeah. they know that you want to see. But back then it was like you could make it on the popular page and everybody would see your stuff. Yeah. And then it would just. The fact know. that you said they know. Yeah. Well, I corrected well, myself because yeah, they, they do know. They know what we're talking about. Oh, 100%. But yeah. even a guy like you still haven't cracked that. Like you don't even know how they're doing that. No, we just play it to our advantage. Like with yeah. targeted ads. Yeah. So. How powerful are they? Very. It's crazy. The statistics say that the average the average Instagram user opens it over thirty five times a day. I'd believe that. Yeah. I mean that's serious. Yeah. The I average mean, the average TV watcher watches TV for over five hours a day. That's crazy. I don't. So think about the. I know, but <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you like like I, when I start thinking about like what's normal. Yeah. Go to Kmart or Walmart, walk that's, around yeah. and look and say, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not the, the I'm, I'm not I'm the, the weirdo. One. I'm yeah. the weird one." Yeah. So. You know, once again, these things present opportunity yeah. for for the people that are that are really pushing, that are really driving. But it, it, you know, a lot of things play into it. One of the things is you had a you have a really dedicated community. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I think that once again, when you are just focusing on being an influencer, quote unquote, you don't focus on. It's all about you. Yeah. It's just reflecting you, and so like, it's not about your community as no. much, right? So the value of that community. What has that been like for your business? Um, I mean, it's huge. That is our business. I mean, we rely on like just our ambassadors, our content creators and like everyone that trickles down from there, people that hashtag us, we just hit 10 million in the hashtag, which is like a huge thing. Like, uh, for us, I mean, we were super stoked, but, um, yeah, it's, it's huge. And that, that kind of goes into where we're going. Like we want to use social media and our platform to break uh, into each like little outdoor sector. So like if you're a mountain biker, we want you to meet up with other mountain bikers and go mountain biking. If you're a surfer, we want you to go surfing with people that you meet through our network. Um, you know, same with snowboarding, pretty much every vertical that you can think of in, you know, the outdoor industry, we want to, you know, start putting people um, in smaller communities. So there's that in, in person uh, connection, as opposed to just scrolling through commenting and so that's, that's where we're going into 2015. And so. how are you doing that so you're not just dependent on the whim of the powers that be at, at, at Instagram? Uh, well, 
we have a lot of emails. So that's emails are a huge asset and that's yeah. like a major way to communicate with people. So, so let me, let me just, before you go, like we talk financial all the time yeah. because your background is finances. Correct. Yeah. Diversification is very important in, yeah. in this game. And yeah, and Instagram is not an asset for us. Right. Right. Yeah. So like, so we talk like financial diversification just, and, and, and we need to have a podcast about that because yeah. it's important for people to understand. But when we talk about your brand diversification, yep. this is why, because once again, you're, you're at the mercy of Instagram. They could delete your page and yeah. it's theirs. Right. So, it's, so, so going back to that, yeah. Emails is a big thing. Emails, you, yeah. Yep. And you can keep going. Um, emails is a big thing. Um, just even web traffic alone. And like, uh, we'll be launching like different forums and like ways for people to like, you know, talk about gear and photography. Like, um, so we're, we're basically going to use the platform that is our Instagram and wilderness culture, um, and all of our ambassadors to start, you know, pulling them not out of Instagram. Cause that'll always be like, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram will always be a major point of contact and way that we communicate with people. But yeah, you know, website traffic, forums, emails, um, even spot down to sponsored posts. And like, we can, you know, target people like that just have, you know, interests in climbing and like, we could put stuff in front of them, like for that kind of thing. So, um, I think you using Instagram, not just for the organic reach, but using it for, you know, the benefits of the sponsored posts and all that stuff is a, is a huge way if you just use it to your advantage as well. Yeah. What has been uh, the biggest challenge as you guys grow um, that you guys have faced? Uh, <clears throat> it can be specific or broad. I would say what happens to us a lot is like, uh, you know, we'll have a brand or someone that comes to us, they want to work with us and they'll, you know, we'll create content and we'll do a, you know, campaign for them or whatever. And then, you know, they'll, they'll find someone else that'll do it for free in exchange for gear. And then they'll come back to me and say, that was a terrible experience. Like, cause you get what you pay for, you yeah. know? And so I think the biggest problem is oversaturation with, um, which is everyone now has followers, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of people that have, you know, 5,000 followers, even in a brand will send you gear to just get content. Yeah. So oversaturation is a big one. I think, uh, what we find is like, when you, to that point, when you're operating at a high level, in your case, it might be followers or influence, right? In our case, it might be uh, filmmaking. And, you know, they're only going to come to you if you have the followers in your case. Yeah. They're only going to come to us because it's they the, like the, the portfolio, yeah. right? They like our work. So we've already established that. But then we look to the left and the right, and there's a ton of other people that make yep. great content. Yep. So how can we do everything else perfect, right? Yep. Like, how can we make the customer experience perfect? How can we make sure that we're bulletproof on our insurances and, yep. and bulletproof on our backup plans, bulletproof on uh, our, our the way we do our market penetration? How are we talking to our customers in multiple different platforms? Yep. How are we pushing out behind the scenes? And how are we pushing out all these other things? And brand perception, like all those things now I think are you guys, what matters the most. Yeah, and you guys probably do this too, but we're constantly auditing everything we do and everything that everyone else is doing yeah. because we look at them and we say, all right, they're doing this well, they're doing that. And we're, we could improve here. Like, and then it's just, you know, you're constantly slowly moving forward and hopefully people are, you know, there's some things that we're doing. Like we just, uh, we built out a super streamlined backend website for all of our brands that that's how we get, 
you know, business and we push everything through that back end website. And, you know, to our knowledge, no one else is doing that right now. Yeah. So it's like, we just try to like come up with these little hacks and tweaks to separate ourselves from everybody else. And in your case, it's much more rapid development. It is. It is. And it's stressful. It's very stressful. It keeps me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. Yeah. How do you get out of that or do you get out of it? Uh, I've gotten, I mean, I would even say in the past 18 months, I've really gotten good at separating work from other things. Yeah. Um, just, you know, at the end of the day, like, I mean, as best as I can, like just, you know, unplugging and yeah. doing fun stuff, hanging out with people, going on personal trips and snowboarding and mountain biking and yeah. that stuff. But the beauty for you is that is work and that is passion. Like you're able to do it. Yeah. Does it make that harder when you're passionate? Like, like, let's say you're just a killer insurance salesman, yeah. but you're passionate about mountain biking. You can literally have that clean cut, right? Yeah. But like, well, even on this personal trip, I'm working for two brands. Yeah, exactly. So in your case, it's very, it's much harder to have a clean yeah, cut from work life. So some people would say, well, that's an asset that your your work and your passion is one and the same, but it can also yeah. work as a it's it's a constant shift of like perspective. It's like I guess like it's like I have this opportunity to go do this uh because of the like the brand. So it's like I'm just constantly trying to be like, you know, grateful and thankful for the opportunities to even just go do it. That like I kind of just try to filter everything through those eyes. Yeah. So it's a challenge. It is. Yeah. It's it's a weird balance, you know. Um, one thing that makes that stuff easier is having a great team. Yeah, you've been able to get some really good people. Yeah, I know my uh, my sister. She keeps us really organized. Yeah. So I remember when you first brought her on too. Yeah, that, that was, was a game a while changer. Ago. Yeah, and you guys have done so many different things inside of your business platform and now you're even evolving into something new right so you're yep. you're branching voyage on top of this yep it's kind of that natural progression yep it is <clears throat> voyage is basically you know we we manage companies entire marketing departments all the way from social media to email marketing to um facebook like whatever um strike force being one of them yeah but shout out to strike force yeah yeah hey that'll get you going yeah I love Strike Force. It's it's how in many here. Do you, how many do you? How many pumps are you? Do, are oh, you I just do pump? one. I'm not. I'm not. Are you use a pump bottle? No, home? I usually just have little, little packets. So you just do one a day? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, one a Matt day. Matt was doing like four pumps a day. Yeah, that's that's some serious Strike Force. One pump, one packet's like a Red Bull. Uh yeah, pretty much. So uh, you guys, they're they're a brand partner of yours. Yep. You're doing a lot of their marketing stuff. Yep. Um, Strike Force is based out of Virginia Beach. Some team guys started yep. it. Yep. Yeah, and we like working with veteran companies. We like working with companies that uh, are like, you know, have some sort of mission backing or like sustainably sourced. Yeah. We don't like, we try to only work with those kind of brands. Yeah. Once so. again, it, it speaks to your community, right? Yes. Yes. And, and you know, I think it's unique when you have a community that's very um, involved. I think that, you know, we face this and ours is only close to 40,000. Yours is 2 million. But yeah. And I think that everyone faces this. Um, some people do it well, and some people do it at the at the mercy of their community. But you know, it's so awesome to have that community of supporters. But then sometimes there's a pressure. There is, yeah, for that those communities. Have you been able to find that balance, or is it a constant balance where you can be a voice to them, or they are the voice to you? Right? Like, yeah. where where is that balance? We, I mean, it's it's a I don't know it's it's a tough balance because. 
um, we have to, in our industry, we have to be really careful what we post, what we're promoting. Um, like we try to be like, because I mean, even, you know, in 2014, like there's this lake in Alberta called Maureen Lake and I would go there, you know, for sunrise and there might be 25 people or whatever. Maybe it was 2013. It was a low key spot. You know, it's a beautiful spot. Um, now you go there, the roads closed at 7am to even get to the lake. Cause there's so many people. So we have to be careful in like, like, like that we could actually do a lot of damage to very beautiful areas and parks. Yeah. Um, so we, we try to like, you know, filter everything through like leave no trace which is a nonprofit. So they have like a certain amount of like outdoor ethic, uh, ethical principles. Um, so we try to really push those out. Like those are all over all of the articles we push out. Um, like it's in my personal bio, like on my Instagram, um, just because, you know, the more people that are on the digital, you know, platform, they're going to go to those places and the more people it's just going to get wrecked. Yeah. So in our industry, we just have to be careful. One being that like two, like that, um, in the outdoor industry, like everyone loves sustainable. Everybody loves green initiatives. Everybody loves, you know, missions tied to brands. So that's why we kind of try to filter, uh, everything through those things. Right. So, no, that makes sense, man. It's a, uh, it's a fine line. And, and, and like I said, I've seen a lot of people, you know, in brands, they get, they're, they, they lose their voice and yep. they get, they get pushed by the crowd. So I think you guys have been able to balance that yeah. really well. Thanks. Uh, it's, it's this day and age. It's stressful. Same. Yeah. Cause we, we have people that like, I mean, even geotagging, people get mad about geotagging, which is understandable. You're not going to be able to please everyone. No. And like, we have people like if we post a location, like they're like, Oh, that's an illegal fire. They're camping too close to the water. They're doing this. They're doing that. Like, you know, so we have to be even be careful of like what kind of camping photos we would share, like what the location is. Are they on the trail? Like, so it just goes to show you, like, no matter what you're doing, no matter what industry you're playing in, yes, there's going to be hoops. Yes, and there's going to be, there's going to be, you're going to ruffle some feathers. Yep. You're going to be doing things, and uh, you know, our our look has always been as long as we're doing things with integrity and we're always up front and we're always. Uh, trying yeah. to get in front of everything. And, and it, there's a difference between being respectful and being fake. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, then, then, then you're on the right track, but it's just when you start having to sway all the time is when things get, yeah. get a little messy. Yeah. And if you're not staying, staying true to your core values as a brand, yeah, we try to do that. I know you guys do too. Yeah. So, so um, I think that's another good point. Um, you know, value systems and, uh, you know, as a person, you have value systems. As a brand, you have value systems. But sometimes you just start pursuing passion, right? Yep. And you don't identify values. You don't identify your principles, your mission. Yeah. And and unfortunately, people don't do this for their brands, but they also don't even do it for them as people. Yeah. You know. So, what would you say to 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 that? Um, where you get in such a, a, a pursuit of this passion that you kind of lose these things. Um, yeah. How do you kind of stay on track with that? And how were you guys able to keep that as a core? Um, well, we have like our, our core values as a brand. Um, and that's like, uh, like promote people like, so community based and it's, um, like planet, like for the planet. So like we try to filter everything through certain guidelines and like, uh, checks and balances underneath those things. Um, so one, I would say draft that up. If you're starting a company, you want to be an influencer, you want to be a content creator, draft up some sort of guidelines and have core values and, 
filter everything through that. Um, cause that's going to help you make decisions on working with brands, uh, you know, not working with brands, who you're going to work with, um, and ultimately steer the direction of your entire company. Yeah. So. And when you're talking about, uh, these principles and, and values, you know, I want, I want people to understand that this isn't just as influencers. I mean, if you yeah, want to personally. be happy doing what you're doing, yep. whether it's something as simple as, like I said, uh, a nine to five hourly job um, at Kmart yep. or doing pursuing uh, content creation, even being a freelance DP, anything along those lines. If you don't have those core values yeah. um, and you don't have these pillars that you stand by and you only say yes to things that are within those, then you're not going to live a happy, fulfilled no. life. Yeah. And, and I think that that's what's really important from hearing uh, from your story and hearing from so many other successful folks is like having the understanding of what your mission is, your values, and yep. ultimately do these things align with them. Yep. And um, you can do it, it with greatness in all aspects from any job, as, as mundane as they may seem to as complex as they may seem. Yep. Um, you can really stay in line with those. And if you stay in line with those, you will be happy and yeah, fulfilled. I agree completely. It's a... Um, <clears throat> It's something very simple, but it's oftentimes overlooked. Yeah. It's overlooked because we as humans say, you know, I need to make the dollar quick. I need to provide for my family. And it could be with good intentions, but they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I need to provide, I need to do this, I need to do that. Which is all it's it's great, you should, but yeah. um <clears throat> you should find out what you stand for first. Yeah, I know? agree. Um, and maybe it's family. You know, yeah. if it's family and you're providing for them, well then you can be happy because you know you're fulfilling that. Yes. But when you don't know, yeah. It's not you're good. just running everywhere. No. Yeah. And then you question everything. Yep. And then as soon as you hit a road bump, you're like, uh oh. Because we hit road bumps as business owners. Yeah. A lot. And then you and you have people that you're employing, you have people you're taking care of. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yep. But if the pressure, if you know why you're doing it, yep. it's good pressure. Yep. If you don't know, if you're like, what the hell am I doing this for? You know, then it's bad pressure. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. That's when you start getting unhealthy and Yeah questioning things yeah i agree when you when you know it's for the team and it's for these it's for for the, uh, my messaging for the planet my messaging for people I'm, my provision for the team my provision for my family um it's a whole different ball game and that pressure is gladly taken yeah um and it, i mean if anything you can use that pressure to motivate yes you. that's what i do yeah um you know sometimes it sometimes i have to remind myself that it's that is kind of good stress because it helps catapult me and push me to keep going. Um, but yeah, that, that is a constant reminder. I have to remind myself because it does get stressful. And it's easy to forget those things sometimes yeah. if you don't constantly assess. Yeah. What are, um, what would you tell someone? How can they do that? What can, what can, what can you do to continue to put that at the forefront of your, your mind? I, I've got this new app I'll tell you about after. Yeah. But like, what was something that you would do to constantly put the why at the forefront of your mind? Um, I would say like what I did in the beginning was I developed a, a, a daily routine and like, so a routine for work. So every time when I, you know, sat in front of my computer, I was, you know, going to work or whatever I had, like every, I did certain things every day. And one of them was like, you know, filtering things, filtering jobs or inquiries. Cause for a while there we were getting hundreds and hundreds of inquiries for work yeah. a week. And so I would kind of just, beat it into my brain, filtering things through those things. Um, so that's what really helped me. Cause I was always visualizing that, um, you know, even if you just have a, a weekly meeting with your team, you know, 
you know, and keeping that kind of not the focus, but if you're doing jobs or, you know, content creation or whatever, you know, filtering things through those on a weekly basis, um, then eventually it just becomes like for me now, it's just, it's programmed in my brain. Yeah. Um, so eventually once you, once you start doing that repeatedly, then it's going to be programmed in your brain. That's so. good. Have but it you, takes discipline. It takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. So let's talk about that. You know, I, I, whenever I meet with, you know, I try to meet with young folks, um, and, and sit down with them when they're getting out of school or should I go to school or any of these yep. things. And the first question I, I ask at first are, are you good enough? Yep. And if you're not, then what do you need to do to get good enough? And then yep. the second is, are you disciplined? Yeah. Rate your discipline from one to 10, because I don't know any uber successful person. Yeah. Who's not disciplined. Yeah. It's hard. And discipline takes time. Yes. Practice. Practice. A lot. And of you practice. can lose it. Yeah. You can lose it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've lost it before. Like Heck when yeah. you're, when you're traveling and running around like this summer, I was all over the place and like August 1st came around when I was actually back and I was like, I got to get disciplined again. Yeah. And so it's easier the more you've been doing it, but Discipline takes a lot of practice. What I what I think is but it's rewarding. It's way rewarding. In, yeah. in in it's just like Jocko says, discipline equals freedom. Yeah. I, I have an analogy, you know, my dog, when I first got him, he was a puppy. Uh he's passed, but uh when I first had him, he came from the pound. Uh we'd walk down the street, you know, we'd walk, I'd pop his neck every time he yeah. every time he went down to sniff, every time he went to, to, to look away, every time he went to tug, I'd pop, 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 yeah. pop. Dude, after six months of that, that dog never wore a leash again. Yeah. The f- most free dog ever. He went with me everywhere. That's crazy. But he had a foundation of discipline. Yeah. And and it's the same, as simple as that. It's like a <clears throat> dog. Yeah, it's a dog. It's the same thing. Yeah. It applies. If you have that firm foundation of discipline, yeah. you can then ultimately be free. Yeah. And people will say, yeah, that's hard. Well, it, it's a little bit, but it's not really because you can do discipline so Discipline does more. equal freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one thing I, I'll tell people is um, do a practice discipline every week. Yeah. So this week... I won't eat bread. Yeah. Next week, I won't watch TV. Yep. Next week, simple stuff. But it's not that simple. No. You know, but every week, if you do something different, Micah, you should do this. Every week, you do something different and just practice discipline. Practice discipline. Practice discipline. Yep. And um, one, you're manufacturing a little bit of pain so you can handle things better. Yep. Stress. And then two, you're understanding, I can do that. Yeah. I can do it. And then you have an edge. You walk into a room. You have an edge on everyone yeah. because you're disciplined. Yeah. And um, that's really what it takes. Those things yeah. and a consciousness and, <clears> and an routine. Routine yeah. was one of the biggest things. Like repetition is when you start getting really good at things. Yeah. If you're doing the same thing over and over and constantly trying to improve, then eventually you're going to come out and be the best. Yeah. You know? So I've been doing this. I told you the mental performance coach. Yeah. You need to reach out to him, yeah. by the way. Um, he's awesome. Brian Kane. He, yep. he's, he's taught me a few things. And one thing is, is in this process, it's really identify the life's mission, um, in your pillars and what you stand for, and then your goals and how do they align with those? And then you schedule a way to get to them. But one of the things with us, we're traveling so much, we're doing so many things An AM and PM routine. It keeps you, it keeps you aligned every yeah. day. Yeah. Um, your AM routine is the same every day. Your PM routine is the same every day and having those, and they can be simple, man. My yeah. PM routines, Literally, it's like do the bathroom stuff, yeah. do 50 push-ups, 50 squats, 
read my, uh, you know, I read the Bible, I yeah. re read my passages, and then I audit my day. Yeah. And it's just boom, boom. Did I hit everything that I wanted to do that day and push whatever to? And dude, I go lay my head down. It's in neutral. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I'm not scrambled. I'm not well, doing anything. It wasn't until like, like literally this year that I started doing stuff like that. Yeah. So at 29 years old. Yeah. Like, and then it really started like, cause I got into imagine if you would have known that when you were 20, dude, I'd be, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's well. and now I try to tell my younger, like guys that I know they're younger than me, like, yeah. uh, in my world, I'm like, you guys need to do this. You need to do that. Yeah. And they're kind of like, why? I'm like, no, you guys will be way farther yes. ahead of me. If they knew some of these practices now, yeah. the compounding interest that you get from these things yeah. is crazy. Even uh, just practicing discipline routine, um, like you said, AM, PM routine. Yeah. For me, I do uh, Headspace, that one yeah. app. Yeah. That's like changed the game for me. Headspace is a good one. And yeah. then there's another one called Way of Life. Yeah. So you set in, like, for me, I have 12 things I want to do every day. I mean, it's simple as, like, did I drink my like did I do my AM, Did I do my AM routine? Did I do my PM routine? Did I read? Did I do? Did I work out? Did I whatever? I set all these tones that I want for the week. How many times I want it? And at the end of the day, when I audit my day, I'm like, green, 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 red, green, yeah. green, red, red, red. So then that doesn't lie. Yeah. At the end of the week, you look at yourself like, why didn't I do that? Yeah. And if I didn't, had like one of mine was water. Did I? Yeah. Do, am I drinking my four liters of water? And I it was consistently red, consistently red. Yeah. Dude, I showed up. Uh, I don't have it here with me, but it's in my office. I saw it. Yeah, it's a gallon <laughs> jug yeah. of water. It's but that I metal mean, one, right? But is you it, set yourself up. Yeah. So yeah. you set yourself up for success with these things. Yeah. You know, um, and you know we talk about visualization, and you know you hear like Conor McGregor, like I visualize these two belts. Well, yeah, yeah. But w what I what I like to do is visualize the worst case scenario. Yeah. What is that? And then how can I prevent that? Right. Yeah. Like, like one time I got heat exhaustion on set and it's always in the back of my head. Yeah. You know, I got heat exhaustion and then I got, and then I got, I got this headache and then I went down and started puking the whole set, you know, had to stop, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, so as soon as I start getting a headache, dude, I'm like, man, am I feeling weird? Do I feel, and then I psych myself out and I'm thinking, 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 and not focusing. Yeah. I'm not performing here. Yeah. Right. I'm now I'm performing. So like how'd you this. get around that? So I started prepping. I, I identified what it was. I flushed out all my sodium. I didn't have enough salt in my system, yeah. all these things. You need to get those little uh, liquid IV things. Those are cool. Yeah. So Ben Manning was out there with yeah. us, and he's like, you're right. You know, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you would say that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> now I keep sunflower seeds yeah. in my mouth at all yeah. times. So I'm sucking down salt. Yeah. But then I also I got a little sling yeti. Yeah. So I got all my snacks, all my stuff. Because the other thing was my nutrition was off because I didn't want to eat the crap at Crafty. Yeah. Craft Services has like soda and and all these sandwiches. I don't eat bread or yeah. soda. Or anything, so I just didn't eat. Yeah. So I, I bring a little and, Yeti. Well, most people don't know this, but shoot days are long. They're long. They're nonstop. Yeah. And as a director, I can just... And you get to a point where you just ram. So yeah. like now I'm conscious of my schedule. I'm conscious of what I'm eating. I'm conscious of my hydration. But I but I've put myself in all these terrible situations, and I and I and I have adapted from it. But I've visualized like I don't want that again. How do I get out yeah. of it? So you can do that in business. You can do that like let's say you lose a client and you're like, man, yeah. well I don't want. However, that happened, like lack of communications. Yeah. Okay. Well, I need a new system in place to do this, or yeah, I need our, a new person. Our biggest problem. I mean, I don't know if you guys face this problem, but. Like we, it's taken us five years to develop like an expectations list. Like, like here's what you can expect. Here's what you're going to get so that it's like clearly defined because what used to happen is like, you know, we would do a job and you know, their expectations would be a little bit off 
And, but realistically, we thought it was amazing. Yeah. But there, you know, you're going by what the client says. So now we just have this like, like really filtered through five years of failing expectation sheet that's like the client, when they get that finished product, their expectations are met. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's neat. And there's a lot of uh, really cool things you learn from the fire. And if anyone can listen to these and take any of these principles and, and not have to learn from the fire and they can yeah. just learn from others, then we win. Yeah, exactly. Or like like one big one for me that's taken me forever to get to is just being okay with failing, like yeah. messing up. Yeah. Like that's been the biggest. Cause you're is just it like, the, fear, the, the, the fear of failure or I don't the have actual? A, I don't have a fear of failing anymore. Like, I mean, I think I'm a lot like you where it's just like, I'll kick in a door. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. Like it, analogy business wise yeah. and just go for it. Yeah. Um, strategically, but you know, like at a very fast executed pace, but, um, yeah, I'm not scared to fail. Um, I think it's more just, I think I'm okay with it now. I think it's just like, it's more the repercussions of failure and the, what you feel when you do fail is what I had to become okay with and yeah. use it as a positive. Yeah. Use it as an asset. Like yeah. I learned, see so what you get, uh, there's a, there's a book, um, Coach Kavanaugh or something wrote it's like uh it's like lose or learn. Yeah. I mean win or learn, right? Yeah. It's not win or lose, it's win or learn. And to win it's gonna take a lot of losing. Yeah. And so no matter if you're going into, you know, influencer marketing, content creation, business, whatever, you're gonna fail a lot. And the one of the first things that you need to do is mentally prepare yourself that failure needs to be framed positively. Yeah. And you need to learn. And that's what that's really what separates successful um, businesses, individuals, athletes, yep. high achievers, anyone, because it's not like failure. You know, no, like when yeah. it happens, like oh, I learned. You know, it's funny it, that failure is seen seen as such a negative thing. Yeah. When I mean, it is. It is interesting, um, and I you know I think it's just a it's a perspective change that a lot of people need to make, and uh, you know. You can read so many statistics from Abraham Lincoln to just the average business person. And, you know, you look at the average small business closes so um, so rapidly within the first five years. And, you know, the way I look at it is like, there's so many reasons in the first five years where I could have been like, this is hard. Yeah, or, this about, sucks. Yeah. Or, well, even I would have been the, the, the small business failure rate. But like, yeah. I failed in a crap ton of things. Yeah. But I, I, it just didn't stop. And the biggest thing too is, what I didn't have is somebody managing my expectations on how long it takes to, I mean, you've been doing this since what, 2010 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand going on our 10 year anniversary. Yeah. So for me, I'm at five or six and like, uh, who's the lady that started that brand Spanx? Uh, yeah. What's her name? Sarah. Yeah. Sarah. Something. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it was her husband. I read his book. Maybe he's a cool dude, man. Yeah. He's a cool guy. And, uh, uh, his thing was, is like, it takes eight years to build a brand. I believe it to I, actually I'm, get to the point where you're like, I kind of feel good about this. Yes. And, and that's bold too. Yeah. I mean, well, and a, a, and, but, but that's with constant development, constant leadership, constant assessment. So the leader has to grow himself, yeah. right? Like he, you can't just, or herself, like you cannot just, you know, sit back. I was, uh, John Maxwell had this, this leadership, uh, statement and he was basically saying one of the biggest temptations of successful businesses yeah. is that they ride they get, the wave yeah, and, they then get complacent. Like, and then they don't want to adapt because, Hey, well, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to keep growing. Well, that means that in momentum business, if, is your biggest yeah. asset. And if you stop and, and you won't know until 
you lose the client or something bad happens yeah. and then you lose momentum yeah. and then what? Like, yeah. so if you're not continuing to feed that, continuing to grow and it's not grow like this, right? You're not, I'm not saying grow your operations to, to an un, unrealistic scale. What I'm saying is you're growing, you're, you're, you're diversifying, you're understanding your chinks in your armor, yep. you're understanding all those things. Yep. And, um, that is when you become more comfortable when you yep. are constantly assessing, constantly seeing, and the data doesn't lie. No. Even if it's in your face, yeah. you're okay. Yeah. And I mean, in, in today's market, even like everything is so one-to-one and impatient. So brands come to you and they say, we want to spend $1 and make 10 out, you know, right now. Like, that's what we want to do. And we're like, yeah, we can, we can probably do that, but let's take this route. You know, there's a, I try to apply everything through, there's a, it's like a financial thing. It's called the aggregation of marginal gains. And it's like this chart. If you Google, it's just this slow, like ever so slightly, you know, arching up, but it's a, you know, a long plateau before you ever see anything. Yeah. But then you hit that point of exponential growth and like, you know, our brands and it's still quick. Like a lot of the brands we work with, if you look at their chart, it kind of starts a little slow. Like then eight months or six months, eight months, it just is like, like yeah. that it's who will who will, who will stick, it, will out. stick it out yeah yep. yeah not many people have the stomach to do that no uh but the folks who do are the they're have the they're winning car. now yeah, yeah they are <laughs> and it's getting harder and harder to yeah. to jump on that it well for the timeline it's getting longer and longer in, yeah. the, in the social world uh it's cool man it's exciting yeah. stuff i can't wait for uh for the future and to see what's to come yeah i'm excited too is there anything else you got um i think that's it yeah. yeah, man. Well, well, we appreciate you coming by. Yeah. It was a fun time. Yeah, it's great. And uh, until next time. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Thanks again for listening to the Ironclad Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share, and follow us on Instagram at This Is Ironclad.